Morning, church. So John mentioned my goose story that I told in the first service, but I'm going to tell you an expanded version, if you don't mind, because I I know this is the best service here at the uh, church. So two weeks ago, I gave a message about giving financially. Anybody Was anybody here for that? All right. So, you know, you're excited and you want to make sure you have a great impact. So I opened up the bulletin this morning and it was the lowest giving week we've had in six months. I said, what did I do wrong? But that wasn't the whole of it. So I'm sitting on my deck this morning praying about the service today. And as I'm praying to the Lord about you know, making his word impactful, speaking through me, not letting me be a hindrance, a flock of geese flew overhead and they left a little gift on my right shoulder. <laughs> so I thought to myself, am I supposed to be preaching today, Lord? I mean, what's, what's the deal here? Um, but my mother used to say that bird poop on your shoulder is a blessing. <laughs> Anybody's mother ever say that? Well, let's see if it's a blessing or a curse this morning, church. What do you say? We, we, we'll dive into this together, but let's hope there's some impact to God's word this morning. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it does not ever come back void. You are a wonderful God, and it is our pleasure to serve you. Lord, be with us today as we continue our look at the church and how we can better serve you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So on the financial part, church, you've been wonderful. We've had a deficit. You folks have come through. So the church just wants to, the leadership wants to just thank you for your many blessings. Um, Last week, Pastor John continued our series in Why Church? And he talked a lot about our mission statement that you can see here behind me, and also about sharing and using your gifts at church. And this week, we're gonna talk about service, giving service to the local church. And I think it really ties in well with what Pastor John did last week because I don't know if you are aware of how significant the call to believers is to serve in the local church. It's definitely a biblical call. Our concern is over the last many years, the church at large all across the world, all across the nation, seems to have been impacted by the pandemic and by COVID. And you may know what I'm talking about. A lot of people, and I'm not talking about the indigent, I'm not talking about the people who have immune deficiencies or shut-ins, but a lot of Christian people have stopped going to the local church physically and have just decided to watch online or to listen to their favorite radio program. They've disconnected themselves from the local church. And my goal is to show you this morning that that is not what the Lord wants for us as a body, It's not what his desire is. We have been, in fact, called to serve in the local church. And I hope to give you some good reasons for believing that. So, men, if you could just get the PowerPoint, because I'd like to walk through some verses with the church this morning. Um, What I'd like to start with, church, is the why. Why should we, as believers in Jesus Christ, participate in the church? Well, it's because, church, we have been called to serve If you remember our series in the book of John, we went through just a few months ago. You may remember this story in John chapter 13 because it's an extremely impactful story. Jesus knew that he was going to die in just a few hours when he tells this story. And before he passed from this world into the kingdom, he wanted the disciples to know something that he thought was of paramount importance. And I want you to know what that is this morning. 
because it is vital to the Christian life. So let's read John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Now before the feast of Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come and he would depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them, church, to the very end. And during supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had handed all things over to him and that, if, and that he had come forth from God and that he was going back to God, got up from the supper table and laid his outer garment aside and he took a towel and he tied it around himself. You're very familiar with this story, but they're at the supper table. He knows that Judas has already been consumed by the devil and he's already betrayed Jesus. He knows that he's about to go to the Father, and what that means, he's about to die by way of crucifixion. And what he does, church, is he gets up from the table, and he takes off his outer robe, and he ties a towel around his waist. He then poured water into the basin, basement, basin and began washing the disciples' feet and wiping them with a the towel, which he had tied around himself. So he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, you are washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not realize right now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no place with me. Simon Peter said, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Wash my whole body. Jesus said, Peter, if you don't learn this lesson, you will have no part in me. So it's an important lesson. It's a vital lesson that Jesus wants Peter, you, and I to consume and to understand. What's the lesson, church, that he wants us to understand? That we, like Jesus, who was teacher, master, rabbi, messiah, did not consider himself too good, too much better than them, that he washed the feet of those who followed him. He served what was considered the lesser. The greater served the lesser. And Jesus said to Peter, until you understand this, Peter, you cannot be like me. You cannot have part in me because you will not fully understand me. But what's this part here where Jesus says to Peter, you do not yet understand what I'm doing. What was he saying there? Remember that the Gospel of John gives pictures of the Gospel overall. Remember when we looked at the turning water into wine, and it was really a retelling of the Gospel before Jesus even uh, was out in his ministry. What Jesus is saying here is Philippians chapter 2 is being fulfilled physically in front of you. Philippians chapter 2 is where Jesus... We are told by Paul, takes off the robe of glory and puts on the flesh of sinful man, though he himself was sinless, and comes to do what, church? Serve you and I by dying on the cross to pay for our sins so that we might be cleansed. He tells Peter here in John chapter 13 that, Peter, what I'm showing you now is something that I've done on a more grand scale 
that you don't fully understand yet. Yes, you're following the Messiah, Peter. You've even called me the son of God, Peter, but you really don't understand fully yet that it is God who is washing your feet. And until you understand that God is a servant and washes the feet of those who are lower than him, you don't get what the kingdom is about. Peter would later figure out that this was God himself, Yahweh. This was the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, who stepped down into humanity to serve and to save. But the important thing here is Jesus, as he was about to go to his death, said to us, church, you have to understand this if you want to be part of me. Service is at the heart of Jesus. Service, church, a servant's heart is also at the heart of any relationship. You've heard me say this before. It's at the heart of marriage. At the heart of a successful marriage, church, is servanthood. The wife serving the husband, the husband serving the wife. Raising a good, strong, godly family. At the heart of that is servanthood. The mother and father serving the child, the children serving the parents. At the heart of all we do is saying that we are able and capable not to be consumed by pride and self. We are able to step down from our own wants and needs and to serve another. And Jesus said, take hold of that truth. What does this have to do with you and I today? Church, Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Paul says, you were called. Each and every one of us in this room were called by God to freedom. What does that mean? It's freedom in Christ, church. Before we were in Christ, we were in bondage to sin and death. But when Jesus Christ removed his glory and stepped into the flesh of man and lived and died for us and was resurrected, he created for us the ability to be new creatures, free from the law, free from striving to be good enough because we could not be good enough, free to enjoy life in Christ because life in Christ is abundant. But church, when we have life in Christ, we have to be careful not to use that freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Not to say, well, I'm saved, I'm just going to enjoy life, and I'm not going to do the will of God in regards to marriage, in regards to church, in regards to raising my children. There's freedom, Christ, there's freedom in Christ, but there's also things that we need to do to enjoy that freedom. Serve one another, not your flesh. The idea here is that our propensity as humans, even as believers, is to make ourselves happy. It's to bring joy to ourselves. It's to make the flesh say, ooh, I like that. I will do that thing which I like. I will not serve another because sometimes that is difficult. I will enjoy my freedom by making my freedom something for me to be only blessed by. But Paul says, 
No, no, that's not why you were made free. You were made free to serve one another. And church, here's the kicker. You're free to serve one another, not because there's somebody up here exposing the word of God, telling you that it's a command. Jesus says, no, you're to serve one another. How, church? Through love. Through love. The mechanism by which you should be encouraged to serve is love. What love, John? The love that Jesus Christ poured out on you is the love that you're supposed to pour out on others. The service that he provided for you, church, is the service that we are to provide to others. He served us through love. God so loved the world that if I may paraphrase, sent his son to serve and to die and to be resurrected. We serve one another, Lord, for the Lord in love, through grace, through a concept of I have been saved, I will bless and serve. Service takes humility, service takes selflessness. So the who is you and I, who is to serve? You and I, we are to serve, we are to follow the command of Christ. The where, where are we to serve? Now, obviously, we're doing a series on the local church. So I want to point out to you that you as believers, you who claim the name of Jesus Christ, are called to serve in the local church. This is a local church. You may not be called to serve in this local church, but you are called to serve in a local church somewhere. If it's not here, find out where that's supposed to be and start to serve. Paul says this in 1 Timothy, after he goes through the qualifications for elder and deacon. So he's talking about the local church. He's given instructions for it. He says, I am writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long, but in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one should act in the household of God. He's talking about the church, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. Paul says the church is the household of God, the living God, and it is the pillar, the strength upon which it sits. It is the pillar of truth, the church. We are vital in this culture, brothers and sisters. What's going on in the world around us? Is there truth anymore? No. Culture calls truth a lie, and they call lies truth. We don't even know what a man or a woman is anymore. We don't even know who can give birth anymore. We don't know what's wrong for our children or what's right for our children. But here's the secret, church, you do. You sit in the pillar of truth, the place where God's word is brought forth and given to this culture, given to this community, given to you, given to your family, given to, given to the world where you live. You are a pillar of truth and you need to support your local church and be that pillar of truth. It's not for others to do it for you. John, I give my tithes. That's my contribution to the pillar of truth. No. Yes. But it doesn't stop there. I don't want next week to be the even worse week of giving. <laughs> yes, but you serving in the local church is vital to be that pillar of truth, that beacon of life, the salt in the community. 
in the world where you live. We cannot hide. We cannot put our light under a bushel. It's been under there far too long. That's not what we're called to be. We're called to be the pillar, the household of God, not the dead God, but the living God. There's a big difference there, church. The living God. The how. Pastor John thoroughly went over gifts and even gave you a spiritual inventory you could do online. But I just want to touch on the how a little bit. Folks, let me just read this and then I'll comment on, let me just read the yellow parts because we went over this last week. For the body is not one part but many. Now he's talking about the body of Christ, universal, local, right? The body of Christ. The body is not one part but many. God has arranged the parts, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But now there are many parts, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. And again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. The important thing here, church, is as God has put you here to be part of a functioning body. And the whole point that Paul is making is if you come here and you consume and consume and consume and don't serve in any degree, you're making the body weak. You're making the body limp. The body can't see you straight. The body can't speak well. It's the old 80-20 rule, church. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That should not be. If you are a believer who wants to get back to biblical Christianity, follow the word of God. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are to serve in the local church. If you don't, you hinder the kingdom of the living God because he placed you here to serve. If one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If a part is honored, honored, all the parts rejoice with it. So if you read that whole chapter, Paul is saying that no part is more important than another. Paul is actually even saying the lesser parts will get more honor than the parts that have more honor here. What am I talking about? I get the privilege to preach up here. This is a privilege. When I get off the stage and you stand in the back, I don't like to stand in the back because what do you get? You get people saying, oh, great message, even if they think you were horrible. Great message, great message. You get honor, right? Now, the people working in junior church changing diapers, nobody probably even knows their name. But they are parts that God says, you're going to be highly honored because that guy couldn't get up there and preach unless you were down there changing baby diapers. Hey, using your gifts at church, it's not only gifts that you enjoy, but serving sometimes is doing something that's difficult. Serving sometimes is doing something that's hard. When Jesus Christ took off his robes of, of glory and stepped down in humanity, did he want to take on the flesh of humanity? Did he want to be in the garden of Gethsemane crying out to his father, take this cup from me? No, it was hard. It was hard. It was something difficult to do. But if everybody says, I'm not going to do the hard things, then the church limps, limps, and limps. 
to where it's trying to get to. And where it's trying to get to, church, is glorifying God. And I'm sure we all want to do that. All right. So here's the deal. Why should we serve? And church, if you think this is a guilt trip sermon, it's not. It's like the giving of money sermon. It's to try to get your heart aligned with God's heart by showing you the scripture. If you are a child of God, the scripture is what you love. So we expose the scripture to you. We give it to you. You do what you want with it. It's not a guilt trip. We don't want anybody serving in the church or giving in the church who doesn't do it out of a heart of joy, out of a heart of thanksgiving. Keep your money. Keep your service if you do it out of a heart of anger or duty or obligation or guilt. We'd, we'd get along better without that. We want people who are joyful. But why, why is it joyful to serve in the church? So I come from the south. Milford, not, not the south of the United States. I come from Milford, the church. I come up 13 along the highway. And just what if church, if I was coming up this morning, I saw a farm field and it had all these framed houses on it, just wood frames and there was people pounding away, hammers just blazing and house after house was being constructed on this open field. And I, I looked over there and I, I said, I said to, to the guy standing there, I said, Who, who's building all these wonderful homes over here? And he said, well, Jesus is building these wonderful houses. I said, you mean Jesus, the contractor? No, no, Jesus, the son of God, is building those homes over there. Jesus, the son of God, is building these homes? Really? And what if Jesus said to me, hey, John, I see you're asking questions about what we're doing here, about what we're building. Why don't you join in? Why don't you help out? Why don't you grab a hammer? Well, well Jesus, I'm not really a carpenter. Well, we need laborers. We need people to carry stuff. Well, I can do that, Jesus. How excited do you think I would be if I saw Jesus building houses on the side of the road and he asked me to participate? You think I would be, I would be there day and night saying, Lord, I'm in this with you. I'll carry whatever you want me to carry. I'll carry the little rolls of tar. I'll carry the nails for you. I'm not gifted in this area, but I'll serve. I'll break my back for you because this is a joyous work that you are allowing me to participate in. Would you be there with me? Wow. Would you be there with me? Yeah, come on. Somebody get excited about Jesus building houses. It's not the, uh, whatever that other company is. <laughs> Shell Brothers. <laughs> All right, the joy, church. Where's the joy? Where's the joy? I also say to you that you are Peter. This is when Peter confessed who Jesus was, the Son of God. And upon this rock, this confession, Peter, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, you sh shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's saying this to all of us, church. He's saying, I will build my church. That's the only thing that Jesus is building during this age. Do you realize that, church? The only thing that Jesus is building during the age in which we live is the church. And the local church, this local church is part of that. So you do see Jesus building on Route 13. Every time you look at this building, this structure, these people, you see Jesus at work putting up roofing, putting up sidewall, putting in plumbing, laying foundation. You see Jesus building his church because that is the only thing he has committed himself to during this age. I will build my church. And Peter and everybody who follows him, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and I'm asking you to join me in building this church. 
That's what he's asking us to do. So I'm going to ask Pastor Rossetti to come forward. We have a ministry fair. I'm going to ask him to tell you what we're going to do and to pray to close us out here in the message. But church, again, if you are a Bible-believing Christian, and if we are teaching you the word of God, obey in your heart. Be part of building his church. And he will bless you for it.